Do you want to bring balance to all the wireless radiation fields in your life, including 5G? The Omnia Radiation Balancer is a small sticker you can stick on any device. It changes the state of the field and creates a new resonance between the wireless radiation and your energy field. On the link below you'll see all our testing results that show how the body responds excellently once you've made this change in your life. And here's a special offer for the Journey to Truth crowd. Just enter the word TRUTH in caps at the checkout for your 10% discount. It's easy to bring balance back to your body with the Omnia Radiation Balancer. This is totally unreal that this happened like in 1942 on this planet. The following content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Hey guys, welcome back to Secret Space Program Month. Tonight we are joined by Rebecca Rose. We discovered Rebecca through Nicole Frolic's podcast. Her and uh, Nicole are good friends. And she's done some amazing interviews with Nicole. I highly recommend going to check those out. We're going to get into a lot of that testimony tonight. And just, we're going to get a lot deeper. We have some more time, so we're really going to break this down. And uh, testimonies like hers are really important because uh, she has memories going all the way back from childhood. You know, she was a lifelong abductee who was taken into a dark government program as a child and then eventually taken off world to serve in the programs. So we're going to start off from the early childhood and then work our way into her time in the programs. Uh, we're really excited to get into that. But before we get started, um, just all you guys know, uh, there's all this big tech purge going on and everyone's getting spread out on all these different platforms. So we have a link tree now with all 500 platforms we're on now. (laughs) You can find us all over the place, uh, just to name a few, Twitter, Instagram, Telegram, which is if anything happens to our Twitter, Telegram is going to be our go-to. Uh, it seems to be that's where a lot of people are migrating right now. Uh, Pill.net is a new one. We're kind of feeling out. BitChute, Rumble, iTunes, Spotify, just to name a few. So make sure you follow us. Uh, keep up with us. Again, thank you all for the donations we've been receiving. Thank you for all your support through through these times right now. Uh, we just got a comment the other day that was just uh, moving. Really good. It, it was really good. And it's stuff like that that keeps us going. So thank you guys for everything. Yes, thank you guys. Uh, you just listened to the Omnia commercial, so we have that promo code going for uh, 10% off with promo code TRUTH, all caps. If you don't know what that is, it's a patch you can't really see, but we have them on our microphones. You put them on any radiating device that harmonizes the frequency and turns it into something beneficial for your body. I finally put one on my laptop the other day, and 
to my surprise, I, my laptop used to get extremely hot all the time. I put it on the computer and I was like, Aaron, <laughs> I was like, it's not getting hot anymore. I couldn't believe it. I cannot believe how it keeps your device, how cool it kept it. Uh, Hopewell Farm CBD, we have that promo code going, JTT15 for 15% off. And that, I'm not sure how long that's going to go, but that does stack with free shipping for any purchase over $200 or more. So you can use those code, uh, that code in tandem with that. And then we have 20% off our Teespring merchandise with promo code Sleepy Joe, and that will go indefinitely. Um, and I think that's it. Oh, and then Starseed Adventures Conference. We'll get into that more at the end, but tickets are still available for that. We will be there hanging out Cocoa Beach, Florida in March. Tickets are extremely limited, so make sure you grab yourself a ticket and come hang out with us on the beach. That being said, welcome to the show, Rebecca. How's it going? Hey, it's good to be here during this, uh, like, you know, kind of chaotic time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. This absolutely. Is, this has been a really exciting month for us, getting in, interviewing these whistleblowers, really getting deep, trying to shed light on what's happening and it's just really important. This is important information that needs to get out. It needs to get into the collective because when disclosure comes, people are going to be turning to places like this and people like you to, for guidance. And they, they're going to want to know. People are going to be angry. They want answers. So if we can get this stuff out there now and just kind of like prime the collective, I think it's important. So let's yeah. jump right in and go from childhood if you want to briefly introduce yourself and then and then take us through what happened and how you got involved in this program. Yeah, well, Tyler, you guys, it's always hard to know where to jump in because there's so, I mean, I guess it's the very beginning of my life. There's so many, uh, you know, these stories, um, I'm sure you've learned from your last two guests are so complex, or at least mine is. But yeah. Um, yeah, like almost to the point of being overwhelmingly complex. But um, let's see. Yeah, where do we start? I guess we could talk about, like you said, my family and how 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 did all this begin? You know, I was um, my father worked at for Lockheed Martin in a, with a top secret um, clearance um, from before the time I was born, and he um, was also uh, they vetted him out of the military, the army in the late sixties, um, also with a top secret. Uh, clearance in in the army, and he later had a also top secret clearance with the navy while I was um, growing up. So it was through my dad and also my godfather really that that I was taken in. Uh, my godfather, my dad's friend who worked with him at Lockheed, um, they were both buddies in top secret work, top secret clearance, um, and uh, I. I'm probably not going to jump into that right away, but I would say um, there's a lot to say on both of them. Like, wow. Um, I mean, my, my godfather, I guess I would just say was my, we could say my main handler much more than my father was. Um, well, yeah, what, what, what is, okay. So what does that look like? Your godfather yeah. being your handler, how does that, how does yeah. that happen? Yeah, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> um, I was basically given to him when I was born. And when I was four, I'm, I'm jumping off, I'm jumping us all right off the deep end here. When I was four years old, um, I remember leaving our house in Southern New Hampshire, waving to my mom, 
and I was taken to a, like what we thought was going to be a pretty girl photo shoot. And it was a child pornography shoot. Mm-hmm. From there, I was then, um, I mean, through my, my experiences with my godfather over, he was involved with me for seven years of my life, for seven years. And a lot of that is still blank for me. But he was my link into Montauk. And um, it, the whole MyLab experiences o- opened up in many ways due to him, but also because there was already gray interference. Interference with the gray started when I was at least three, you know, um, three years old. And my father, my father is a, I would call him um, a Zeta hybrid. You know, he passed away in um, 2020. And that's when I started getting massive dumps of information about the space program after his death, like before his death, I really couldn't I think it just wasn't safe. You know, my dad, to my small, like vulnerable self, like I kind of didn't want to know when he was still alive, even though I'd had blips and blurbs of lots of things over my lifetime. Um, so, it really like a deluge after he passed away. So he passed away recently in 2020? March 2020. So these are, so a lot of these memories are, are recent. They're fairly new. They're coming. Yeah. Back. And I should say, I am still really in process with all this. This is an unfolding story that's been going on for a couple of years, you know, with the memory retrieval um, in a hardcore way, but, but it's, I'm in no way, I don't want to lead your audience into thinking that I am like have a tidy box with a bow on it that has my story in it. Cause it's messy and it's nonlinear and it's, there's so much to it. Yeah. So I'm still in memory retrieval. I, I want to share that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. And I understand that actually my mom passed away and immediately like a switch, I started having experiences and stuff happening to me. So something, there's something that, that takes place that occurs when a death happens in the family like that. So I understand that. Yeah. It's remarkable. It's been really mind blowing, really mind blowing. And my godfather is slated to, um, you know, he moved down. I moved down to where I live now. I'm in a really unlikely place where you'd never expect to find me on the border of Mexico. And uh, I moved down here four years ago because I knew I had a journey to make with my father. I didn't know exactly what it was. This is that journey. Uh, he's gone now. But my godfather moved down here. Weirdly, he lives like a quarter mile from me over the hill. And um, he's. I made a video recently about some of this childhood stuff about him too, uh, on my YouTube channel. The day I recorded that he was taken, he was hellevacked out of here with heart failure. I wow, thought that really? was fascinating. Where I'm going with that is that he's going to pass away soon. And there's going to be, because of the significant role he played, there will be even more of a, you know, ongoing data dump um, from my memory fields. So take us back. Be how it works. Yeah. yeah. So take us back to the childhood. So you were you were taken to this child pornography shoot. Yeah. And- so yeah, what happened? Well, you know, we know this, and this is timely to talk about. Um, in that, so much of this is coming up for the collective now. We're being aware now that there's a lot of strategic entanglement that goes on uh, within their work. They were, I think, my father, my father included, to some extent were um, with a top secret clearance, this is used as a kind of blackmail. Once you're in it, you can't get out of it and you can't say anything about it. They use it as a way to um, meet and discuss business in some ways. Um, I, it's, 
kind of hard to talk about, I think. Um, but through that, through that mechanism, um, there's a lot of, you know, they, the space programs want kids who can dissociate. So that all these traumas were beginning as soon as I was in my mother's stomach, you know, as I was being gestated, there was a lot of trauma already happening. And that creates a kid that is easily dissociatable. So you're leaving the scene while trauma is happening, extreme trauma, horrendous things. <clears throat> and that's um, kind of a mind fracture that is that is taking place, which is formalized in, pro in programs like MK and the Monarch Mind Control Programming. Um, but when it begins early and in the family, it's uh, it's even more desirable. They have less work to do to get you to where they want you to be, to be an asset for them. So how did you end up? So you're a Montauk survivor, right? I don't, I don't imagine many people survive that program, no. which is so curious to me. So how did you end up? Do you remember a lot of what was taking place during that time? Like what were they doing? What were they making you do? Or what was the purpose of what they were even experimenting yeah what was the purpose what were they doing um and my godfather is a direct link to that i um was taken there about uh i was five or six um in montauk about 1978 77 i mean i was born in 72 um you know montauk i characterize as a is a, a kind of a holocaust um of all the projects, and another one I'm going to mention later on when we talk about the moon, uh, they're horrific. I mean, I wish, in some ways, I wish I would not have survived because what we saw there was, I mean, I saw children killed. You know, I saw things we shouldn't be even talking about, but, you know, living through, we have to talk about them because that's how they get cleared from the timeline. That's yeah. how we heal and come into light is not by keeping it in the dungeon. Exactly. Um, so do you want me to, can we just jump into that? We can always, yeah. we can go back into the grays and my dad and things like that as well. But, um, where well, would that, you, yeah, that that's fine. You want to go? No, explain, explain, uh, yeah. Let's get into the Montauk stuff and what they were doing. I think, I yeah. think it's important. Yeah. It is very important. And when those memories started coming up, I was very, um, it's almost resistant, you know, I wanted to push it away and I wanted it to be somebody else's memory. Like I kept saying, is this mine? Maybe this just belongs to somebody else. I'm very porous. I work in the world now as an energy intuitive, a seer and a channel. So <clears throat> anyway, um, that's relevant to what they wanted me for in all these projects. But when I was taken into Montauk, what, what is it about? We know it's in part exploring um, time and different ways that time can be manipulated. Uh, but it's also in tandem, we have like Project Paperclip scientists, the Nazi scientists were embedded with that program, the, the Montauk project, uh, doing a lot of, um, they, they were specialists at mind control. So that's where my formal mind, mind fracturing was happening there. Some people, I think some SSP folks were taken to Area 51 and other places around the country. Um, mine didn't happen there. It was at Montauk. So there was a lot of, um, it's trauma-based mind control is what really MK Ultra and more contemporary, you know, it's MK has come under many different umbrellas over time. I think it started as Project Bluebird back in 1950. Then it was, you know, Project MK Delta, um, Artichoke, 
so many different names and then the monarch programming, but it's all made to, created um, to fracture the mind further and further and further. So you have a fractured psyche with different programmable parts, different people almost that mm. can um, do different jobs and not remember what party A and party B, B are doing. And again, if you're already dissociation, dissociative tendencies seem to run in my family because of uh, ritual abuse on my mother's side and uh, problems there and what I got, what I went through before I even arrived at Montauk. So how did you actually arrive at Montauk? Yeah, I believe the only way I can parse this out was through an experience that would be like out of the way we're taken to, let's say a 20 and back is the same way, like out of space and time. I, I don't, I cannot imagine that they could have taken me back to my mom and dad's house, stuck me, you know, on the front door and said, here's your kid back. You know, like you would, because you're taken so close to death. You're starved. You're kept in the dark. You're kept in cages. They kept you in cages. Yeah. Um, so I, it was through my, my godfather, one of the experiences with the child pornography and things he was, events he was taking me to, um, that involved the deep state that I was then, you know, through a, um, dissociative, you know, my dissociative tendency to check out there creates a weakness in the field, a weakness in the, the psyche, a weakness. We could even say at the soul level where it's much easier to take the child in that way. And I think many people who um, that was, a, I've spoken to other experiencers who ex- went through that same thing. <clears throat> um, I know when we talk about Montauk, there's, you know, we talk about the Montauk boys and the, they were taking runaway kids off the streets. And I think that's true. Other kids they were taking for other, other, by in other me with using other means, but for different uh, reasons. Some of the kids there were most of the kids were very expendable, um, <clears throat> very expendable. I mean, we were just kind of lab rats for them, and a hideous amount of um, cruelty and torture happening there. So let me let me develop this more for you. So with, with the cages, as you said, often I was kept with many other kids in a like metal cages, like a mesh metal uh, was stacked <clears throat> on top of each other. And so you couldn't stand up. And uh, in a, often in a lab environment, um, I remember being on the bottom level and seeing, you know, back in the seventies, you know, the polyester pants and the sort of seventies style sh- shoes of a lab tech. Um, and these are humans I'm talking about um, walking back and forth and not being able to see what they were going to do or if they were going to come and grab me. Um, but often too, they would take us out and put us, I remember being in solitary, um, in a really dank, disgusting environment, um, deprived of all sensory input. So alone, can't hear, can't see in the dark. And they would come in, um, that, that's used to fracture the mind further because a child that young needs, we know, you know, care and who's coming in and where's mom, where's dad, where's, where's anything, where's food, where's shelter. Um, yeah, I, they would come in and um, take us out of solitary and then 
I mean, we're, we're we are diving in deep here. Um, satanic ritual was part of a satanic ritual has been developed in within the military as a kind of technology for mind control. So it's not to convert people to Satanism. It's actually a very well developed, developed, you know, very, very long time ago, millennia ago, um, to reverse the codes of life and to uh, the, which would be the sacred geometry <clears throat> um, of the mathematical codes of, of the life force energy that are within us and within our, our cellular um, code, I guess. How do I say that? It's just anything that goes against the natural process of things. Anything inversion. It's yeah. a it's a inversion, yeah. and so that's another. Um, I'd be taken out of the solitary, <clears throat> um, and we'd be uh, we'd be drugged and sodomized before being taken into the. I remember going up from below. We were kept. You know, we weren't really supposed to be looking around, and we were all really far gone. You know. Um, kids you know like we were you can't even imagine um going up the stairs and taking a left out into the woods and at night and on the base you know anything could be happening and nobody would know out there anything could happen so uh i where, do recall where, was, where excuse me where was this base actually so some people don't yes know. it's the old air force base at camp hero New York out at the end of Long Island. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Sorry, I get a little. It, it's okay. Thank you so yeah. much. I know this yes, is. Thank you. I, this can't be easy for you. It's and we... good. It's good for me. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's gotten easier and easier because I've have, the more you speak about it, the easier it gets. I mean, it's never going to be normalized you know, because we're talking about what we are. I mean, it's very, um, it's almost beyond words. It's beyond comprehension of how this could happen. What's going on in the human mind that it's so compromised that somehow we think that's okay. Or whoever's masterminding this, you know, the Air Force, you know, working with extraterrestrials, working with a lot of pretty wild technology, which I'll also get into. Um, yeah, what? it's... Uh, it's really beyond fathomable. It's beyond fathomable. But um, I remember uh, going back into the rituals. I mean, um, I remember I had really a lot of flashbacks came back in and like flooded me in almost a debilitating way this past summer um, about the Colonel. Uh, I don't want to say his name, but he's uh, head of the temple of set. And he was from late sixties and up and through the eighties, I think was head of various psyops divisions in the army. Um, <clears throat> pointy eyebrow guy. I remember him coming to the base and he was the one, he, he and his associates were the ones who were kind of performing the rituals. Um, yeah. I, Michael I, uh, Aquina. Is yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, exactly. I didn't even know who he was until it kept flashing. My, they had done some alternate uh, eye programming, which I can also talk about. I've so heard get, about that, actually. Yeah, it's yeah. The alternate eye stuff is pretty crazy. Um, I was having a lot of flashes of geometry in my eye, and then I kept flashing with him, and then this 
his face repeated over and over, kept showing up over a period of days. And then the memories started emerging from that. And uh, <clears throat> I, I, I've had some trouble with uh, this left, left side of my awareness in the left eye. Um, I think because of those times, which is, you know, as I go through my journey and heal, you know, it gets better and better, more integrated. But um, he, I mean, an un, unbelievable amount, unfathomable, again, amount of people that he has tortured in his life. And what I found interesting is that this memory dump for me came in right after news of his death started circulating on the internet. I didn't even really know who he was. I had to look him up. Like, who's the Satanist with the pointy eyebrows? So back in 75, he split off from the uh, Church of Satan with Anton LaVey and opened, started his own temple of set, a satanic, uh, <clears throat> satanic temple. And <clears throat> he really made the rounds with the army. Um, and, you know, probably lots of your listeners are aware of, of him. Mm -hmm. But I remember him very clearly, and I remember those nights where, um, I mean, they took it to the edge, you know, a child would be killed, usually um, a boy sacrificed and uh, split from his eviscerated right in front of us. So um, they would uh, dive in right in here, um, <clears throat> trigger alert, they would um, make us consume the, um, glands at times and that is to reverse the victim perpetrator role which is very popular in mind control programming so if the children think that they caused the death of this boy all the better so yeah. we will go throughout our lives thinking that it was you know oh i was at fault i caused that to happen um <clears throat> there's a lot of mental like, like you said, Tyler, reversing everything. Black is white. One plus one is three. You know, it's it's a total mind fuck, and that's the whole point. Yeah. So um, I remember when the boy was being. I remember not knowing if I was on the. Our minds are so fucked at that point. Excuse my language, but okay. this is what we're talking about. Sure. You know, I didn't know if I was above the situation, looking down on it, or if I was the boy on the altar. And then this part of me inside of me going, I don't want him to die. Maybe I should die instead. Cause it, it posits, it posits, poses the, the children with this question of, I don't want to die, but I don't want him to die. What do we do? I don't want to watch somebody die. Um, yeah. So I'm glad we're talking about this. I know it's super heavy. And if your audience hasn't heard of this stuff, they probably have, you know, um, I'm able to talk about it because I've done a lot of healing around this. It's ongoing, you know, sure. I mean, seeing things that you can't unsee, like there's so many things in my mind that I wish I could go back and I kind of want to take them out, you know? Yeah. But it's important because if I didn't remember, I couldn't be here talking about it and then it stays in the dark. So um, <clears throat> it's like I said, the, the satanic uh, ritual abuse is a very much a very. It's a high form of technology, high being uh, well perfected. Like I've, I'm repeating myself, but that can't be understated. And and at first I didn't understand like why is why is this embedded in the military? Because it's a mind control technology. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so, well, go ahead. 
Uh, I was just, it's important. I, I, again, thank you for talking about this and guys who are listening. Uh, we apologize. I, I realize this is heavy, but this is what we're fighting right now. This is what, what's going on right now on the planet. This is what this is about. We're trying to put an end to this exact stuff. That's why it's important to discuss this. And it's not easy. It's not easy to hear. It's not easy to hear, but um, it's good to be aware because once you're aware, now you have, you almost have like a moral obligation to do something about it. And, and that's how we're going to, that's where we're going to see the change. Mm-hmm. Well, it's timely too, that it's coming up now because more and more is going to be revealed. I mean, really. So, I mean, I had so many folks, I feel like last year was a landmark year for me receiving emails of like folks, clients, whatever, who were going down rabbit holes at a rapid pace, you know, like, wow, you know, it, it causes a, a I mean, a huge, it's just like kind of freak out inside for people when their whole reality of what they believe was true seems to be dissolving, or at least it's getting really shaky. So it's timely that we're talking about this. I mean, we know in 2020, more has reached more people about kids in cages being kept in underground bases. And it's certainly, we know, not confined to Montauk back in the 70s. This is going on now. It's been going on for decades and longer with the underground tunnel system and, you know, all over the place. There's untold numbers. I'm sure you've covered that on this show of missing kids. What's happening to them? Yeah. Well, there's, I mean, it's not just, they're not just going missing on planet. They're going off planet too. And that's what, that's mm -hmm. what people need to understand. Uh, Yeah. Well, it's finally being dismantled now, finally. But like you said, it's been going on for so long and it's so, it's so much bigger and crazier than anyone can imagine until you start really diving into this rabbit hole. Um, it's, it's just yeah. absolutely, I mean, it's inhuman when you get down to it. And that's why mm-hmm. most people can't fathom how anyone could do this or how it could go on. Well, it's because there's non-human yeah. entities really running the show of it and the planet that, you know, have been, but they're finally being taken out yep. now. So it's huge. It's really yeah. huge. I mean, it's global. This isn't confined to one real area. I mean, you know, it's big in the U S but it's uh we know it's a global cabal so we'll yeah well it's it's important for people to realize this isn't just some crazy guy in his basement doing this to these children it's our our government it's it's literally the government and these black budget programs the cabal it's not even the government it's the cabal that's embedded in all governments basically yeah yeah, that's a better Um, way that's above the governments that's really been but, but they're still pulling the strings. They're pulling the strings of governments because yeah. they're they infiltrate is what they do. They infiltrate governments, um, education, and individuals. Uh, every institution. Uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, and there's basically what you would think of as demonic entities that are above the earth human cabal that are that have been at the top of the definitely i was just gonna say well don't forget don't forget about all the uh off-world players yeah we got the draco and the yeah the grays um grays and the draco prime players yeah yeah um yeah we'll we'll we'll, we'll go in and talk about my mom's family and the draco genetics a, a little later um back to montauk um yeah did you see any were there et's there also or just humans 
There were ETs. I didn't, I mostly was interacting with humans. Um, and there were greys there at some point. I don't have perfect memories about the ETs who were there. I remember, of course, the greys and the Draco are like everywhere else. Um, yeah, I mostly was working with like the, the lab guys, you know, okay. um, the scientists. <clears throat> So the alternate eye programming, I guess I could just say about that is, is uh, I've already mentioned it was being, you know, I remember being in these little, they had these rows of little kind of little rooms, tiled rooms, cold, cold metal, cold tile um, on a, like sort of a, a reclining metal kind of, table chair thing and I was strapped in with these glasses or goggles that were displaying different images in each eye at the same time at rapid pace and the right eye was murder and slaughter and just awful um, violence in the right eye and the left eye was numerical um, numerical sequences and satanic symbols and lots of code and also a blue strobe in the left eye and those are running at high pace at the same time and just leaving you completely like, I can't even describe, you know, um, for long periods of time. And I think there's, there's plenty of drugging that goes on too, to keep the child, you know, in a, in a place where the kids aren't screaming all the time, because that would have been a constant thing at Montauk. Um, so yeah, it's like they have you at such a dissonant frequency all the time. Oh. So, yeah, all the, all the time. Um, yeah, there was a lot of, um, I mean, talking about aliens, like off-world technology, very high-tech stuff going on with the, the, like the time experiments. And the two things I remember the most are the, um, the, the time tunnel torture tube, I call it. It was sort of a... Um, silver bullet is what it looks like or a very sleek you know silver mri machine that you were kind of stuck into like a silver coffin how about that and it was accomplishing two goals from what i can tell was to um so it's a form of torture i felt like i was every they would put me in it over and over and over and you know i had i had stuff on my head a lot there, but they would turn up the frequency. I don't know exactly the technology that they were using to launch me into different places in time, but also to, um, they were seeing, I mean, it's all very experimental, uh, one experiment after the other, but also to split my etheric body from my physical body, which should never, ever, ever be done. Um, because our etheric body template is everything you see of yourself and myself in front of you in energetic format. When I see an uh, the etheric template is a, it's like a light grid almost, but it has all your information. So um, splitting them I, and sending. Go ahead. I was. Say, I think I've heard you refer to that as like an etheric blueprint. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Um, it was uh, very painful, very painful. They would do it. They'd turn it up until you blacked out. 
too at some time points, but to to see how far you would go before you blacked out, but also how they could launch part of you into another beyond beyond space, beyond time, and to explore. They were very into exploring different possibilities of how you could go into the past and then tweak things around, change the future. Could you go into another timeline? Could you create another timeline? And all kinds of like kind of maddeningly, maddeningly like mind blowing um, possibilities that they were exploring, and the ta- the means to do it. They were, I think, perfecting more and more of a way that that would be repeatable in a uh, predictable way. Like, what's the formula? How do we do this? So the other thing they were also doing was seeing within Montauk. They were seeing, well, where will she be good? Will she be good for um, secret space? Can we make her into a, an asset out there in space? Or how could she be useful to us in another program? I was earmarked, I believe, before I came in for all of this. Um, and I think I volunteered for it. And was, that's a big, yeah. I was just going to say, is there any part of you that thinks like you set this up for yourself before you got Totally. Here? Totally. Totally. And then see, I've been, I've been, I've thought the same thing about some experiences I've had. And I'm like, why the hell would I do that? It's horrible. You know, some of the things we've been through, but, but the healing and the lessons that are learned and and the the growth that comes from it, if you do survive, if you make it through, that's what your soul came here for. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And that's what I think has made me more capable of integrating this and capable of speaking about it without, you know, usually my videos on my own channel, I'm crying at some point. (laughs) We'll Mm -hmm. see how we go here. But I've been able to, um, I've just moved through things maybe in a little easier way because I understand the larger perspective of the soul. Like what what is this all about? And I will talk about, um, boy, the Light Alliance ship that, you know, (laughs) <laughs> We're jumping all over the place. I want to talk a little bit more on that maybe uh, later, or we could move into that now. Um, but the 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 thing about the soul thanks, I mean, you brought that up, you know, kind of about, you know, I planned all of this. And, and some people will take issue with that. In my small self that gets pissed off every time I'm paying my quarterly taxes, like, why the F am I paying my goddamn government? They should be fucking paying me. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. after surviving all that, like they use us, spit us back out, broken, completely broken, with programming that takes us into a suicide programming. You know, hoping we'll off ourselves. I mean, and there's no, there's still, you know, one of the questions in my mind that I turn over again and again and again is what what is justice in all of this? I mean, ultimately, there's some kind of cosmic justice and karmic justice that plays itself out. There's nothing further needed. But at the same time, it's like that, like my pissed off wounded self is like, hey, wait a minute, man. Paying taxes to my government. Mm-hmm. I you know? think knowing what the, what the tax money actually goes to. It goes to those programs. It goes that's, my money is yeah. funding this. So I I've been like, yeah, anyway, that's, that's a long, yeah. long story. Um, yeah. The other thing with Montauk, I mean, there was so much um, crazy experimentation going on. And I, I remember being, um, especially when I would be taken out of the uh, isolation 
when I'd be kept in isolation in the dark by myself, like, oh God. Um, I remember they were taking a substance from me that from the endocrine system endocrine system is really important to a lot human endocrine system is important to a lot of different groups and uh they were taking a i don't know if it was adrenochrome or an analog of that that was gathered from the endocrine uh glands or something but they were then creating taking my genetics my dna and and that which we know um creates all kinds of uh, like longevity and things like that can be um, experienced by those who are using, for example, adrenochrome, but they were creating a hybrid type of being out of, with a blueprint of my mind, my, my consciousness wed with this extraterrestrial DNA, my DNA and amplified with uh, among other things, this endocrine system um, fluid which was taken from me at a time at which I thought I was going to die. That's the most powerful uh, uh, moment for gathering it. Mm. Sorry. It's just. No, it's okay. about facts we, we've, we've covered this before and, and uh, they yeah. even discussed this, I believe in above majestic a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Good. Yeah. So I, I, people are aware of it, but we forget about it because it's not something we want to remember. Uh, something I, I remember you saying in, the, in an interview with Nicole is that this adrenochrome was actually sold off planet. It's traded off planet. It's not, it's not even just staying here, which is, yeah. it's, it's scary. It's not just the children that goes too. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into Yeah. The galactic slave trade. I mean, the Draco, like I said, uh, probably at maybe on Nicole's show was that the, the Draco has built part of their empire using adrenochrome i mean trading it off world it's a human adrenochrome adrenaline uh, human uh endocrine system the grays lots of different groups you have uses for our glands and the fluid they produce our endocrine system in its entirety it's prized so if you have something like adrenochrome might be wanted you know we we laugh about how some of the ets want coffee or uh not coffee chocolate um you know like as far as what's desirable uh you know in trade well <laughs> taking it to a whole nother level if we're talking about something like adrenochrome um so there was a a, a being that i remember that was created using my parts um that it was a tall it had ears like elven ears, I just can call. I don't know what the being would be called. It was tall and sylph-like, tall and skinny, probably um, about eight feet tall. But it would have the capacity to go into, uh, explore other realms and never need anything, never stop and, and have this immense longevity and have this immense capacity to go and go and go and not... I just want to say wouldn't need anything, wouldn't need any sustenance. It was a living being as far as I can tell. However, I mean, I've wondered like in my, my, my mind, like, was that an avatar? But it, to me, it was a physical, they were creating, experimenting with um, creation of, of hybrid type of beings for the purposes of exploring um, time, timelines, possibilities and tweaking things. Remember that, um, you know, the ultimate end of projects, experiments in time is really about war and it's about conquest and domination. 
I mean, there's a sideshow going that is about just about exploring what is what is possible here with time. But it is, remember, this is the military. This is about service to self. And it's about how can we gain control? So that's really the, if we wanted to talk about the ultimate end of what, what was being, uh, what was happening out there at Montauk, I would say that's, that's the big part of it is how can we use this in the war arena? How can we use it in an off-world sort of um, way? And, you know, it just goes on and on from there. There's um, a lot of nefarious yeah. sort of agenda here. We know that. We know that. Yeah. It's just, we know it, but we never, we don't know the details. We don't understand it fully. We probably never will. You know, you're going off memory recall, but like the people involved I almost feel, I feel bad for in a way. I don't know how these people came to be and, and how they, how they, how, why would you ever want to be a part of this? You know, as far as somebody running this program, like there has to, they have to be under mind control. I don't well, see anybody willingly doing this. Yeah. I think there is going back to one of my initial statements. I think there's a like what you're saying, black, uh, mind control, but blackmail happening mm -hmm. and people getting in over their heads, getting really screwed up and not being able to get out. Um, once you, I mean, you're sworn to secrecy. Nobody working say at Montauk is going to be going to be, you know, you've got some kind of clearance to be ending up working at a project like that or anybody in the, in, in these black ops. Uh, my father, I think, was probably mind controlled. Um, I I suspect this, and I believe he was working on projects related to control of mass psychology and psychotronics, among many many other things. You know, over his decades of service um, with what I just call the deep state military industrial complex. So, uh, you know, he would often say to me. In, in the year before he died, you know, I was able to kind of grill him a little bit on his, uh, his clearance work, which I didn't even know he had. This is how blind I was to what was right in front of me. I didn't even know till last year that dad was working in black budget programs my whole life. I didn't know that. I just knew he had a job we weren't allowed to ask him about ever and that he traveled a lot. Um, <clears throat> I had found documents after he died, written in his own hand from the 1970s that were related to psychotronics. And um, he was kind of f fleshing out, they had uh, equa mathematical equations and scientific languaging, but it was, that's what it was about. And, and I think with dad, you know, he was in research and development. Um, they would give his, his, his company would give him a, 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 we need you to solve this X, Y, Z and stick him in his, you know, cubicle with a budget and get him to solve it. And he would often say, he said in this last year, he said, I don't know how I solved a lot of the projects they gave me to solve. And, and I know it's because he was getting downloads from his family, the Grays, the Grays from Rigel were helping him. Um, I'm quite, quite sure of that actually. Yeah. Um, far out, right? Like I'm no. like, dad, I know why, how you were solving that stuff. And it was with off world help. <laughs> So you didn't you didn't have any idea as to what programs or what faction he was working for? Yeah, he was working. I mean, one of his umbrellas with was with satellite communications, which covers a lot of ground. Communications mm -hmm. covers many, many. And if we think about psychotronics, 
Mm. Yeah. From, from, you know, broadcast from satellite. So that was one of the things he mentioned working. I know he mentioned um, projects he did for NASA and the CIA going to CIA headquarters, traveling there. I mean, he didn't talk specifically about too many things at the end of his life. I remember in the last days of his life, what he said in hospice was with regret. He said, what did I spend my life doing? I was only making black boxes. Um, really? Black boxes. I don't know exactly. I don't know exactly what he was referencing, um, was but it was part of what he was doing back in the eighties was, was just reverse engineering Russian technology because it was that sort of cold war time. He was getting, you know, trying to figure out how the Russians were doing certain kind of things. But, but I know there was a lot more, there's a lot more to well, what I, he was doing. I have a feeling that it might have been, he might have been referring to a type of uh, voice to skull or voice of God technology. Which yes. At the black boxes. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. This is the first thing that I thought of. Well, I've thought that, but I, I have not, you know, thank you. Yeah. I haven't said it because I don't know exactly. I just. Sure. But that's what they, know. that that's what they use. That's how, that's their tool. That's their tool. That's how they program these people. They literally sit on the other end of this thing and they can give a person messages through a frequency mm-hmm. that's beamed directly, not it bypasses the ear and goes straight into the head and send you yeah. a voice. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's kind of like artificial telepathy. Yeah. Simulating telepathy. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a very real technology. It's actually been openly discussed in the army's website that you could actually find the pattern. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is real folks. This isn't a dress rehearsal. This no. is going on. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That was one of the rabbit holes I spent a lot of time on learning about that. And it's, there's no yeah. convincing me otherwise that it's not actively used. Yeah. Yeah. It is. So where are we at in your story here? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We've been jumping around, Tyler. Uh, We were talking about Montauk and projects in time and a little bit about my father and godfather. We could, let's jump into, um, you know, to set the stage a little more, let's talk about my mom's family. Um, I'm finally at the point where since I made a, my own video about this on my channel, I'm much more able to talk about it. It's not quite as horrifying, but I just related to um, trauma and genetics and things like that. Like what made me a target for this stuff? Um, like I said, uh, I was, you know, I think I was traumatized before I came in within my mother's stomach, my mom um, being fractured herself through her family. Her father was a reverend who was doing, uh, you know, um, ritual, ritual abuse, uh, involved in, um, kind of old time devil worship sort of stuff. Um, but there is a, there's a, what I call a family entity that I would see at times as a child during different abuse scenarios that I was undergoing experiencing and also a sort of shape-shifting demon, um, that, uh, I would sometimes see my mom as a reptilian. Wow. Really? When she would get up and my mom was violent, you know, my mother had violent episodes, which she would not remember, um, like really getting up into my brother and I and, and not, she would, you know, go into a rage and be, you know, hitting us um, and then come out of it during which time I would often see a reptilian eye where, you know, like a, I always thought she just seemed possessed 
and because she was, I didn't have language for this when I was a child. I didn't know what was going on. Um, I just knew I was going to get it. And she would come out of it and not, not know what she had done. She would kind of, uh, she it was dissociative amnesia while she was doing it because she was overtaken. And this, my mom's German. She comes, the programs really like certain German lines. And I think it's because honestly, I think they have um, reptilian DNA within them which Whoa. is very desirable for SSP. If you want to create a super soldier, for example, I mean, the Draco is so powerful. Yeah. Uh, There's a book, Secret Journey to Planet Serpo. Sounds like a funny name, but it's a, it, it, it goes into that exact thing. The reptilian and German connection all the way back, starting in the late 1800s. And the green dragon and the black dragon society, how that's tied in also. And mm -hmm. so what you're talking about, it makes perfect sense. And they cover it very well in that book. Great. I'm going to have to check that out because, you know, when I was putting all this together, I thought, am I effing crazy? Like, am I, is this what I see in my family? And it is, I mean, I've had my grandfather, her, her dad who fractured her and her brother um, and her brother's carrying on the, the, you know, satanic stuff. Uh, biggest sadist in the family is her brother. Who's in his late eighties at the mid eighties at this point. Um, I, I couldn't, I, my grandfather wanted me to stop this and he wanted me to start talking about it to help bring light into the, the, um, I mean, he died decades ago. Yeah. But interesting to have a visit from one of the perpetrators, you know, saying, forgive me. I didn't know what I was doing. I lost my light. I lost my light. I don't know what happened to me. That's, that so. seems to be common uh with with a lot of these people once they pass and they come through a medium or somebody and they have a message like guys like i didn't i'm sorry i didn't even know what i was doing it's like it wasn't them yeah really even doing it wasn't them there's yeah. a lot of possession going on and that yeah. helps me tyler i appreciate you saying that because i you know wading through the, the stuff in my family the stuff that's closest to home with my mom and dad is you know i couldn't talk about that stuff for a long time, it was so jarring to me, you know, um, this stuff that is, it's not just some handler from, you know, the military or some, you know, Draco or extraterrestrial. This is like mommy and daddy, like break my heart, you know? Um, so you grow up in kind of this place of, I mean, it feels one plus one is three, black is white, everything's inverted. Mm -hmm. Because a child, we're all addicted to see what's going on as kids, right? Child sees what's going on, but nobody else is corroborating. So right there, you have the schism going on with the child. The child learns to separate from themselves because my reality is not what anybody else apparently sees. Crazy is the reality that, that we're all agreeing is, is reality. And you see what yeah. I mean? Like I'm not explaining yeah. it very well, but, but it's just a, it's a mind fuck yeah. you know, yeah. as a child. I, none of this makes sense. So child dissociates more and more and more and becomes in the process very manipulatable. Um, I believe everybody in my mom's lineage from Germany, got, you know, the genealogy has been done back into the late 1700s. Um, is uh, there's, there's sexual abuse, ritual abuse going back uh, a ways in the family. And I think that creates a propensity to dissociate running actually through the bloodline. Um, but with this, the 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 reptilian dna and then the the transformation of um 
you know, the entity, the, the, the dark entities working in, in a way that they almost, they could open a portal in the, um, whoever they're working with, you know, for that demonic possession to take place, which I always experience mm -hmm. as a, as a very a variety show of shapeshifters. And they were getting to me as, as a baby, you know, that began for me with my grandfather and then my uncle um, and even my mom, they all got their hands on me in that possessed state of completely overtaken by darkness. What that does is make the child a uh, portal itself into a lower realm. And a child, of course, we know a baby is pure light, pure mm -hmm. light. I mean, the thing that they, the, the sort of energy that they can take from that, um, is beyond i mean it's so light and they can take it invert it do many things with it create a uh, a child that is very um i didn't have any boundary like i was completely porous and i think it allowed for a lot easier handling by you know the, when the grays were coming in with my father grays came in like i said around when i was three years old um doing genetic uh, sampling and seeing, you know, where, where are we going to send her? Like I said, it's all predicated before I came in, where is she going to be of use? And, you know, I have DNA that I, I would say my heritage is, is also Pleiadian and Lyran and um, a variety show. So sure. they want that. We all have certain strands of, you know, star in us. Oh, it's absolutely. You know, and, yeah. You know, the light at the end of the tunnel here for you and this situation, you said this went back in your family, through generations, whatever. This is you right now on this show talking, you healing. You're not just healing yourself. You're healing that totally. family. You're healing totally. that family line, that ancestral healing. And yeah. you are putting an end to it because once you heal in this lifetime, it doesn't have to repeat itself again. Exactly. Thank you. No. It backfeeds all the way down the line. You're yes. sending, you're backfeeding, light tinkering the timeline all the way back to the start yeah. and on and on and on. And um, that's part of why I'm here. You know, I often at night before I go to bed, I say I dedicate the merit of my journey to my natal family and the bloodlines, you know, like mm -hmm. so that this can all be freed, all this garbage. Well, that's, that's what's happening to the whole planet right now. Yeah. that's exactly what's happening to the whole planet. Yeah. So whatever we're working on, anybody who's, you know, watching any, but anything you're working on in yourself and bringing into light and healing trauma, healing your issues, healing the shadow is like, as Tyler said, helping your, your, uh, this comes up in my client sessions a lot too. Like you're not just helping you. It's really amplified, especially right now, the, the capacity that we have to really affect our, 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 the people we came from is remarkable during this sort of gateway that humanity is passing through. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great mm -hmm. point. Thank you. Yeah. No, it, it's just, it's very apparent. I mean, it's very apparent to me. That's what's going on here. That's why yeah. that's probably why you signed up for this um, to, to, to pave the way for a brighter future because it's time. Mm -hmm. It's time. We all, we, everybody alive right now incarnated here for this exact thing for this very moment whatever is going to happen uh, with yeah. in the political arena, all that stuff, it's that's up for grabs. We don't know. Things change in the fog of war. It's changing hourly, daily. Um, yeah. 
trying to focus on all that becomes very um, confusing. So we need to do the healing. We need to go back inward and work on ourselves and, and really accomplish yeah. what we're here to do. So true. Love that you said that. Thank you. I always, you know, I always like bringing it around to light because there is light. We're talking about the deepest, darkest, most horrible stuff. I'm not even, you know, we're just scratching the surface, you know, here. <laughs> <Yeah>. And <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's how we bring in more light. It's how we um, become unafraid of that. You know, we're on a polarity theater stage. That's what we're playing out. Mm -hmm. And um, so true. Like when I look at, you know, the agreement I made, why did I do that? To go down into the belly of the beast to understand it. Yeah. Only, you know, it's like to my soul, my unique soul saying, I will only understand this if I really experience it firsthand. Then I have a leg up on actually helping to end it and bring light into it. Exactly. Yeah. You can't defeat your enemy if you don't understand how they work, how they mm -hmm. operate. You know, you have to, you can't take anything down until you understand it. So yeah, you mentioned earlier a white alliance ship. Am I mistaken? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Light alliance. Well, light alliance. so yeah. Can we yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it sounds, uh, it sounds nice. Hopefully it is. Yeah. You want to, you want to jump in there? Um, the light Alliance, I call them. Yeah. The light, they introduced themselves as a galactic confederation. Um, when I was taken, when I was nine and to some of the times that, you know, I was going up to the moon before that I was, um, I was also simultaneously being taken into the confederation ship. I just call them the light Alliance. Um, so that, I mean, it's really far out. I mean, and I think I planned this too, <clears throat> so that I would survive because they, on the Light Alliance ship, which was, as I recall, mostly Procyon, Pleiadian and Syrian people on it. <clears throat> um, part of me was being, I want to say like safeguarded so that I would not be completely, utterly destroyed. And I feel like I, and I'm still in contact with them. Um, I actually have a, how do you say? I mean, in, in human terms, we'd call it a husband <laughs> uh, on that ship who's with me pretty much every day now. Um, he's from Procyon. And um, I know that I was, I feel like I planned it to, you know, come in from the ship to into earth incarnate here and um, experience all of this, which also relates to, you know, the, the light Alliance was very interested. Um, you know, remember this was all back in seventies. Uh, you know, I left for, for Mars when I was nine. So 80, 81. Anyway, they were very interested in what was going on with the galactic slave trade. Um, and through me, they could get a lot of Intel so uh, directly, you know, yeah. um, kind of s s uh, get a handle on, you know, like what, what's going on with that and how do we, again, bring this into light and, and uh, CC operations? What do we need to know? And so I guess I think I went like this and went, that sounds cool. I'm going to do that for, <laughs> you know, I'll send me down to earth for a while. I don't know. Um, and blessed am I that I still, you know, I still get to work as a channel. I was wanted basically for psychic operations, mind to mind interfacing. And I'm after all my awakening happened, 
all the psychic stuff started waking up again. And that's what I do as a full-time gig now. I'm very fortunate that I have that and that I have so many favorable interactions with the light realm, you know, benevolent beings, not just like, you know, <laughs> the other things I've been talking about and will continue to talk about here. So I feel fortunate in that. Very yeah. fortunate. It only makes sense that you would, you it's kind of like you set up an escape plan for yourself uh, to, yeah. or set you put, you set up protection for yourself to get through that. It's not like we just set up the bad experience. We set up the protection to help us navigate. It's, it's, it's very complex, but I do believe yeah. that occurs. It does. It does. That comes up in my client sessions. And I forget that that's true for me too. Like, you know, you set this up for yourself, you, but you have the tools and you have the support to get through it. Mm -hmm. You wrote that into the plan, <laughs> whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. You have your, you're resourced for this. You know, you, you didn't come into the human journey without uh, capacity here. So, so. so help me understand something about your, your story here. So you spent time in Montauk. How long was that? I really don't know because time is so. Uh, well, they were screwing. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, okay. it was. It was I, it could have, I, I feel like it was quite a while, but not like years on end. You know, I think it was probably a year or two. Um, and if they had killed me, they probably would have uh, regened me there. They would have had that technology because they wanted me for the programs later to ship me off world. And, and for people who don't know, she said regen, that's like a regen tank. It's like a kind of like a med bed type of technology that you you could get killed and re basically respawned, regrown, regenerated. Yeah. And to think that they were doing this in the 70s, imagine what they're doing now. Imagine what they're doing. I mean, you know, we've had extraterrestrial technology for a wicked long time. You know, um, my my mate, Tiran from Procyon, uh, has taken me astrally into um, these sort of medical pools it's not quite a med bed but a regen pool of a benevolent kind used that they use the the you know on procyon that's beyond it's like underground and you go into these pools it's kind of a social situation people are hanging out at the pools and they're they're it's more of an energetic kind of um uplift and it's what they do for health so kind of interesting there that this is a this is a thing among other races too you know, kind of how we would go to like a hot spring. Mm. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that whole uh, like this, these programs can't exist without that technology. They mm -hmm. without that healing technology, because otherwise, what good are their experiments if they can't throw you in a regen tank and bring you back? Like, it sounds terrible, but, you know, they need that. They rely on that stuff just to think that it's there. Yeah just waiting for us to grab a hold of it and use all it. the technologies yeah. that have been hidden. Well, you know, I'm, I'm curious, you know, as the world situation unfolds, if we're going to see some unveiling pretty quickly of, of off-world tech that is needed for uh, certain purposes, if things get out of hand. Um, yeah. Do you, do you have an incense or something burning? Or did I just see something fly by you? 
Really? Yeah. <laughs> maybe on the recording, I'll, to know. I'll point it out. Some there was a definitely. I don't know what it was. Maybe I'm just seeing things. But we'll. we'll uh, for maybe it's a fruit fly. I, no, no. This yeah. was no. This looked like a. It looked like orbs. It, it looked like a smoke almost. Oh, it could be a. Yeah, I don't have anything like that going. So maybe you're catching something. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't even mean to distract you. I just couldn't help. No, it's great. <laughs> it's great. If we've got something, then yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what I was getting at, so you went to Mon, you spent how, however long in Montauk, then you, how did, where did you, how did you end up in the programs? How did you end up leaving the planet and making your way to the moon, Mars, then planet X, which is. Yeah. So things started uh, with me pretty early um, with the moon. Um, I was, you know, when I was back, you know, when I was four, I was taken on a, um, let's say a tour by a Draco of the moon and all the jobs that I would, you know, we're taking you here and this is going to be, you know, sort of like the trailer introduction to my service. I would call maybe enslavement and be a better word. Mm -hmm. um, that happened when my mom, my mom took me to the Salem witch museum and they had this, uh, this uh, enactment of how witches were killed back in 1690, whatever. Cause we lived, you know, this is, we live close to there. And during the reenactment, you know, I'm a four-year-old kid and I think people are being killed in front of me. I had a dissociative moment, left my body, picked up, you know, it sort of presses a, a button in the mind, let's say a red button, like come and take me almost when there's this much freak out going on for the kid. So that was a cue for the Draco. Took me on a brief tour of the moon you will be ours, you will do our bidding and brought me back into the same moment in time. I remember that time at Salem, like so clearly they had to take, they stopped the whole production cause I was screaming and I had to, I was taken out into the sunshine and like, I mean, Salem's a weird place too. I mean, it's that area of the world, holy, um, yeah. Lots of underground tunnels there. Anyway, um, the moon stuff started, moon trips for me started before I was, sent to Montauk. Um, I was taken as, when I was quite small and um, relatively clean, sort of, <laughs> right, to the moon to do sort of basic work. And this was happening at night. So I've always had, when I, I had night terrors, like you would not believe, a lot of times that was grays coming in and doing like poking around, doing what they do, the short grays. Um, and it's a night terror for me just to be, uh, explaining that is when I would wake up paralyzed and mute and trying desperately to get away. Those were interferences. They have gone on. They went on into my thirties. Um, and even once in a while, not, not in recent time, but, but they were consistent, but very much heavy in my childhood. Mm -hmm. Same you know, calling for some, I'd be calling out for mom and nobody would come. But anyway, that's how they were taking me in and out from the moon. Um, I'm very clear about that. And it was going to an underground, underground, um, like a dumb, it was basically a bus stop, um, not necessarily a full on base, but some kind of underground facility where I was then taken to the moon, um, strapped into this. I remember being strapped in over my shoulders and it's like this hyperdrive kind of, I can't explain the technology. The guys could probably say more about that, but <laughs> ending up underground on the moon. And um, that went on 
you know, back and forth was like going to a job every now and then I'd be taken out to go to the moon. And um, uh, just somewhat disturbingly, I don't exactly know how long each stint was. Um, I, I don't like that I don't know that. But what I was doing was working as a mind-to-mind interface with, um, it was a lab that was, um, there, research and development, a lot of um, experimentation. This was run by predominantly Grays, Draco, and um, Nazi-allied humans. Um, from what I recall, I interacted mostly with the Draco. I felt like they were sort of my bosses mm-hmm. there. And it was, um, they were doing cloning and more genetic experimentation and uh, splicing right. DNA from various beings. This was happening on the moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. What I will say, what I understood, you know, in my early interviews, it's so ironic. I said numerous times what I saw there was a kind of hell realm that looked a lot like reports coming out of Dulce, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. What I realized recently, just, you know, in the last couple of months, because I kept saying, could I have been sent there? Was that there was a damn gate. You know, you go, some of these portals or these doorways will take you off planet or off mm-hmm. wherever you are. You know, it's like you walked into your bedroom and you're somewhere else. So I was actually being, I didn't know this, um, <clears throat> sent to Dulce Lab, which is in another information set or other memory fields that I really resisted because it, it it's, it's, it's not even human. I mean, it's no place that humans are in charge, at least the levels of um, that facility and that, yeah. that that I was at. It was just like beyond what the mind can fathom and the darkness again there was like wicked. I've like heard wicked. I've heard that wicked. about Dulce. I've heard it's the mother of all dumbs. Like the and then said the basically the unimaginable can happen yeah. in two sense of the term, meaning that we actually can't fathom what's going on down there. And mm-hmm. apparently some of it's even occurring in other dimensions. It's like really complex what's what's happening there. And obviously there's a portal system, there's jump rooms. Yeah. So you're saying that you were you thought you were on the moon, but you were really in Dulce or no, I was I was taken to the moon. So topside operations and the cleaner stuff were going on on the moon. Um, and then the the real dungeon type of stuff, there's, you know, stuff they couldn't get away with on the moon. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, fairly, let's say, tidy, all, all things being relative. The, the Dulce would be where they would need to do. Dulce is lawless, completely rogue. Absolutely anything goes. And it's, it's run like by a, extra, it's, it's run by ETs. Those, those develop, development labs are not human. From what I understand, that's like the central hub of the cloning program as well. Totally. I mean... Yeah, like beyond, it's mind blowing, really mind blowing. But that made so much sense. It was like, oh, yeah, hey, there was actually a gate. Oh, there was a gate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So w- it was so much of um, when I started, you know, they start you on sort of the easy jobs, especially, you know, I'm little, I'm pretty little. What would they possibly want me for? Mind to mind telepath you know, innocent child able to take, I'm getting data from the beings they've got captive. Um, I'm taking snapshots of, of their, all the data within their DNA, transferring it to 
some part of my head and then it's being downloaded to their the the boss computer right so it's cataloging all this information of the different beings and it's also getting intel on their how are they where where what's you know anything i could possibly want to know about their history what their intentions were um what their 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 uh uh, what are these beings good for? You know, like what, what are we going to do with these captors? Um, a lot of times they had a plan, but uh, there was also, you know, in, in, within Dulce, um, my God, um, <clears throat> pieces and parts, uh, pieces and parts. And, and again, we're back at endocrine system stuff here, Dulce. Uh, and human endocrine system and things that they were trying to clone. Um, the grays, the grays uh, have, there's so many, many variety of gray. I mean, the grays go off in yeah. so many places, we probably can't keep track. But <clears throat> in many um, sort of subspecies, they seem to have congenital defects that they are trying to fix. And I know that was my father's case and part of why they were tampering with me early on was to get something they could use and that he could use. There's this, anyway, the, the grays are trying to um, figure out how to stop the degeneration, degeneration of their own um, biological system. And that's why they're so interested in the endocrine system and what it can do for them. So, you know, we talk about the cattle mutilations and stuff in the San Luis Valley, uh, that's kind of what they're after is um, parts that they might be able to use for themselves. But again, here we go back to experimental beings, like you said, Tyler, cloning. Um, what can we splice and dice and what what is it good for? Um, but it was also, you know, when I was there at this particular part of the moon, it was actually a huge <laughs> galactic slave trade hub. And so some of the beings, you know, uh, were being traded off world out of our system. And this was part of what was going on through Dulce and, you know, the beings that could be used as currency as a kind of trade, mm. um, captive beings, beings that, you know, some of what they were doing too was um, making beings like for want of a better descriptor, like more psychic um, creating more light codes in, in beings that didn't have that. So it's just an, a mind blowing array of different sort of procedures <clears throat> that they were looking into. Um, and I remember it being, I just remember appearing like almost like tiptoeing through this dark place and there's beings in cages in this very there's no light it's all very it's it's there was just this orangey kind of glow and um i would be going up and why they wanted me in part was like a kid me before i went to get my mind really effed up at montauk was just like that sweet innocence and like i just wanted to be friends with them but instead i was there like getting their intel and stealing stuff from them. But it was so easy for me to interface because I was a child with them. Um, <clears throat> Do you think they did anything to alter you or were you, did you have that natural sure. ability? 
Well, I think I had, I mean, I've had the ability, but I think they, they accelerated it um, somehow Mm -hmm. to make it more, uh, yeah, like just, just amp it up. (laughs) Yeah. Sure. And also, so I could relay what I was seeing there back into their, um, you know, computer. So probably I think a implantation probably helping that relay. Yeah. Well, and a lot of what you were doing too was they were gathering that intel because I think it was Johann Fritz or somebody said that there's really no currency in the in the no, there's no currency. But the currency, but what is just as good as currency is DNA. Yeah. It's all about DNA and technology. Everything, all the currency is tech and DNA, period. Yeah. So, so, so it actually is currency. People can they have leverage with a specific. D- specific DNA from a certain race, let's say. Totally. Oh no. God, yeah. It's just whatever absolutely they value is currency because mm-hmm. there's no money system or anything. Same here, actually. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. It. I was also like something about me f- when I was small, ferrying parts and or or uh, product product back and forth through the gate. I think because of the nature of the vibration of Dulce, I think they needed uh, the, the innocent child vibration, the light vibration to help the, the, the gate work. So like mm-hmm. just escort, okay, bring them in, bring them out, put this here, put this there, just, you know, like kind of simple, simple, but it was the vibrational or the frequential uh, information in me that they were looking to use and other kids too. Um, but it was also on the moon, you know, experimentation on, on, on humans, you know, creating AI. And, you know, I had a, a Draco there say to me, we have everything we need here to create the perfect human, meaning a, a race of completely uh, controllable slaves. Sure. And that's kind of what they're trying to do to us, which they're failing yes. at which they're failing this will not win this will not win but yeah the the message coming through from a lot of you know people don't trust channelers and stuff but a lot of uh psychics and channelers are getting a message like we don't know what this is going to look like or how it's going to play out but we know that uh they don't get away with it they don't get away with it like something happens mm-hmm. well yeah, well, I think it underwriting, underwriting maybe the you know the script of our whole uh, our duality play uh, you know here on the stage of of Earth is is written that the light we go back into what I call the ancient future from Lemuria and the more ascended elements of Atlantis. You know, it's all written in us. We're just kind of playing this out, regardless yeah, of what yeah. the surface war happens to look like right now. And I think our purpose here is really developing our consciousness. Um, of course. Yeah. You know, what's incredible to me is that we've been talking for over an hour now and we're, you're still at age five. <laughs> like we, <laughs> have, yeah. we haven't even gotten into the adulthood of what you've experienced. You. Yeah. And we have more time yeah. now. I just, yeah. I just thought that was uh, interesting. I just thought it was, I was like, man, like, and well, they did take, I mean, it was only a few more, more years before they took me to Mars. I mean, I was only nine when they took me to Mars. So, you know. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk, let's discuss a little more about the moon and, and we'll wrap this first part up yeah. and then we'll, uh, we'll, yeah. 
in part two, we will get into Mars and then the the Planet X stuff, which I'm really, really curious about. And obviously there's a bunch more packed in between there. So on the moon, okay, you, you, you were remembering experiences at Dulce and the moon and this, and this took place for a few years from like five to nine and then nine, what happened do you remember yeah, like your daily life? Fits and starts. It was it was in fits and starts there. So I don't I really feel like I'm not I don't remember them keeping me like I don't remember having like a bedroom like hanging out there for you know years on end. It was it was more sporadic. Um Okay. Yeah, I just remember I mean when I was a child, I was young, so of course it would have seemed huge, but the both facilities seemed so enormous. Like you just get lost and and never know the full extent of what was going on there. Um, so, <clears throat> where on the moon would you say the space is located? Yeah, it was it was in the back. I mean, obviously the the back side of the moon and the upper. If you're standing and looking at the back back side of the moon, it's on the upper left quadrant toward the kind of toward the center line. So, so. So if we're looking yeah. at it from the front side, it would be like the three o'clock position on the back. It would be it would be like the more like one thirty, but kind of in toward the 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 main line, the axis. Okay. You know, sure. I'm just <laughs> so, trying to help people who are looking at the moon. They want a visual, like they can imagine this is on this side, uh, yeah, you know, this place on the other side, and and this facility. Did you did it have a name? Do you remember any of that stuff, or you just knew it was a place you? Went? I don't, and I mean, I could, you know, I could guess, but I, I don't know because this also seems like a bit of rogue element. You know, there's a lot of bases back there. Um, this was definitely German. This was, I mean, if we talk about the human agency behind it, very much German. Um, so, and then, like I said, the the Greys there and the ETs. Um, but I don't know. I don't. I feel like I should know, but that's, what's maddening. Like you never show up at a place and they give you papers and say, you're here, you're going to be this, you know, sign on the dotted line and, or there's no neon sign, you know, that says, and I don't want to just guess. I'm not, um, I'd rather say, I don't really know. Um, <clears throat> yeah. That German, it's that German presence is really interesting. It's a the common theme among every whistleblower. They're, totally. Totally. Your presence in space is pretty vast and, uh, going back to the German Draco connection, that's important yeah. to understand. And then not only the and then the the, the German Draco Chinese connection that goes back to the Jack the Black Dragon and the Green Dragon Society who were allegedly channeling reptilians that were were that were residing in a base beneath their feet in this cave system. It, mm-hmm. This is going way way back. But now we know. Now it kind of gives you an idea of why the CCP is who they are, and yeah, and then why the Germans yeah. play, tie into that. And it's also important to understand that not all Draco, not all reptilians are Draco. We, like it, it, they aren't all yeah. bad. Yeah, there's I so many races of reptilian. And to add on to that, I would say um, not all reptilians or even all Draco are negative. So, um, I mean, I have, you know, uh, I have a, a Draco aspect of self, my galactic self. Sometimes when I'm <clears throat> sitting in med- meditation, she opens up, she opens up on my left side and it's a white, 
it's a white Draco with small wings and it's uh, I am have like this pastel light in the eyes and it's very elevated. I've had that family come to visit me. And, you know, <clears throat> when this started opening up for me, I was very like, oh, what's that? You know, oh, reptilian, what is this? Are you coming to, you know, steal my life force or what, what, what are you doing here? Yeah. <clears throat> I was very like, okay, hang on. What, what, what is going on? Because it opens up experientially first on the left side of my body and then in the right. And I can feel it and I can see it. And it's, it's really uh, equanimous and stable energy and very upper dimensional energy. And when I had, I want to say like my mother from uh, my mother, Draco mother, I don't know, come to me the first time. I mean, I wept and it was her field. All of them in this particular family have a signature, like we're, we're this sort of luminous white, but then there's a signature, like I see with like a cerulean color around me in the field. And then she has this more blue color there's just these minute uh differences that denote one from the other um and her name is tia and she's with me she has language uh she it's very different um that yeah. comes through me what i when i ask my guides about this what what how does this relate with um the the regressive reptilian in my bloodline I was told that I changed the DNA and I ha I went, what, what did you say? <laughs> I had to look it up. I was like, what, can we change our DNA? And there enough. I had to do, I had to go do some research, you know, DNA 101 for dummies. Not, not exactly, but I was like, wow, are you kidding? So from the work that I've done, I have changed the DNA in the line. So that goes what back to what you were saying about you're clearing the bloodline. I'm like, like I am clearing the bloodline. Yeah. So that's my wrap on that. I wanted to share that just be, it's an important point. You know, there's tons of reptilians. They're not all negative. And in fact, this group of the, the lighter white Draco, I think what I have been shown um, is that they came millennia ago in the Draco Wars over to Lyra and were subsumed by the lighter Lyran culture, this particular group, which is rather anomalous. Um, so there is a Lyran connection there. Um, anyway, I, want, I wanted to, just sharing a light in, inside of all this darkness. No, it's, yeah. it's a good point to make. It's a good point to make because when you know, half of the planet doesn't even know what a reptilian is, right? So yeah. When people start waking up to this, they have to realize, like when I first came into this, reptilians were all bad. I didn't think about there being good ones because that's all I was learning about was the negative aspect of them. So I like that we get to cover. It's just like yeah. human. Humans aren't all bad. Not it, it's it just, is. It's so like the races are so like that. I mean, I even think you know, there's probably grays out there that aren't all you know service to self. I haven't met them yet, but they really probably <laughs> exist. Um, I've had different interactions with different reptilian groups, and and they can be very light. They can be gentle. They can be nurturing. And we've got like some of them are very ancient, very wise. Almost, I want to say like a grandfather or something. So you know, right. you have to use. Your and as a channel, you know, I'm always having to pause and go, okay, read the signature. Like, don't go with what your cognitive mind, what your conceptual mind is leading you into reptile, reptile, you know, fear. 
Um, but, but, you know, be discerning, be careful, but, but read, learn to read the energy signature. That's where you find all the information that you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up this first part. Um, we'll go ahead and let people know where they can find you if they want to learn more. And I know you do readings. Don't or explain yeah. people what you do. Yeah, I do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, people can order um, inner child healing and channeling sessions with me, galactic attunements. Um, if you're wanting to work on your own story of uh, maybe you've got something similar to me, you know, we can look in your Akashic records and find out what's been going on for you. And also light language, light, personal light language um, channeling sessions with me. So lots of things on my website. That's RebeccaRoseBarfoot.com. Um, and is that in the, is that below? Um, in the- it will be, it will, yeah, it'll be in yeah. the description. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. So guys, we know that was, that was heavy. That was a lot to take in. Um, we apologize if you, if you weren't ready for that, but it's, it's necessary. And obviously there is a light at the end of the tunnel here. So, and there's so much more to discuss. We barely got there's into so it. much more. I'm like, wow, we haven't even, we haven't yeah. even gotten into it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, thank you for tuning in to part one and stay tuned for part two. We will be back in a few days. Good night. Okay.